company really Showpad is, is the current focus spun out of kind of an agency idea earlier on, but focused on making it easier for marketing and sales teams to talk to each other. Uh, they're doing incredibly well. So launched back in 2012, their team is now 220 people. They've raised uh, $61 million, did about 16 million last year, aiming for 22 million this year total, but they're aiming for a run rate of maybe 20, 30 million by the end of the year. They're helping over a thousand enterprise customers. Again, and their marketing and sales teams talk to each other, uh, currently doing about 1.6 million in MR. Gross churn, 6%, but they are at net negative revenue churn, about negative 30%. Payback period is about 11 months. LTV in terms of dollars, somewhere around 250 grand. Again, really sitting on a rocket. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. This is episode 754, and coming up tomorrow morning, you're going to learn from Tom Kinoshenko, and it's the world of crypto. If you want to invest in Bitcoin but don't understand it, you want to make sure you tune in tomorrow morning to learn. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Louis Yonkier. He is the one of the co-founders of Showpad. It's the second company that he's founded. Now, he and his co-founders founded the mobile development agency In The Pocket in 2010, where, uh, where he still, where, uh, again, Louis still serves as uh, on the board. Prior to In The Pocket, he was a strategic partnership manager at NetLog, where he first met one of his co-founders. He also holds a master's degree in both law and business and, in and is currently the chief product officer at Showpad. Louis, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. Very excited to be here. Good. So just to be clear, you are one of the co-founders, but your current role is your leading product. Yes, exactly. Okay. So I'm currently uh, responsible for the, uh, the product design, engineering and product marketing teams. So your wall looks like, for those of you watching on YouTube, Louie, your wall looks like mine right here. You have all the, all yeah. your, your, your mock-ups <laughs> up on the wall. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, no. But I'm currently in a meeting room and uh, we just uh, had a session on uh, on sales <laughs> forecasting with the team. So I, even though I, I run product, like I'm involved in pretty much everything. In what is company. that meeting like? What's a product guy thinking about at a sales meeting? I mean, I think it depends on the conversation. Um, but I would say, like, my collaboration with sales is, uh, is twofold. I think, first of all, I mean, they're the warriors, right? They're the people in front of customers. They, they speak with them every single day. And, I mean, they're one of our greatest resources to figure out what's living, like, what, what do we need in our products? What can we improve? Uh, so that, that, that's one thing. And then secondly, it's, of course, collaborating with them to, to win business. And because... Uh, uh, if you sell to uh, to big enterprises, which we do, then I mean they don't only buy a current product or a current like solutions of a current vendor. They want to work with somebody who understands how the future will look like. And, what what uh, does Showpad do for those that aren't familiar? So we're a sales enablement platform, um, and we basically do uh, three things for our customers. The first thing is is we've created a content management system that is the best possible way for marketers to deliver content to salespeople. Uh, salespeople notoriously spend too much time on creating content and searching it, and we solve that. We make it easy to find, easy to create. So that's the first thing. Um, oh, wait, I don't understand that, Louis. I don't understand that. So, so uh, the salesperson is creating content to give to marketing, or the marketing people use you yeah. to reach salespeople. 
so the marketing uses to reach salespeople. So uh, very typically, if you uh, speak with, uh, for example, customers in technology manufacturing, you will have uh, a marketing department that spends millions of dollars creating content, uh, presentations, videos, uh, data sheets, etc. Now, what they do with that information today, like they just throw it to salespeople. They put it on a shared folder, they put it on SharePoint, they put it on Dropbox. The salespeople in, then, their, in their same company, right? Yeah, in the same yeah. company. Yeah. And, then, and then they assume that salespeople just find the information and use it. But the, the reality oh. is that, that salespeople don't find it. They don't use it. And actually, 90% of what marketing creates like never gets used. Because the interface that salespeople currently have to find information is not really built for a sales situation. Like it, it's hard to find, for example, the right case study in a folder that has 500 case studies. So, oh, yeah, yeah, I totally understand. This is a tool. It's not business to consumer. A, a business will use this internally yes. to make exactly. it more efficient between their sales and marketing team. Yes. Yeah, and, and exactly. And if you think about it, like, look, marketers today spend so much time and money in making sure that they can deliver a great message to, to the consumers, to the buyers, right? Yep. Uh, they invest in websites and marketing automation and email, and they're doing a great job there. But if you speak with companies where a huge part of their go-to-market, so let's, let's say, for example, a medical device company. Uh, if you start to speak with those companies, then it's it's shocking to me that they don't treat their salespeople as their customers, because like their salespeople, like they communicate the message, like they yeah. deliver the value proposition. So, like we help marketers think differently about how they work together with sales, how they create content, and how they should deliver it. So and is the business model just SaaS? It's us. Like it's it's our business recurring uh, yearly licenses. It's a per seat model, and depending on the functionality you want, you can go from package one to package three, uh, etc. You mentioned you're selling a lot to enterprises. So, like, what's the average? You know, what's your average contract value? Yeah, it, it depends. If you look at if you look at enterprise, then currently the average land deals are around like 50, 60 k. Okay. Um, and I'm deliberately saying land deals because uh, wait, what are deals, you saying? You're saying land deals. Land deals. Yeah, what does that mean? We, so that means that this is the first deal you sell to that customer, and then the deal grows pretty quickly afterwards. Got it. Because how, how it typically works, like suppose you have a sales force of 10,000 people, uh, then very typically if you come in, uh, we will sell to one division in one country, like delivering Showbed to 150 reps. Uh, if that pilot goes well, we grow the account, more countries, more divisions, until we ultimately get to a global rollout. Annually speaking right now, it sounds like this is a key, key part of your model. Uh, what does your revenue expansion look like? So if someone pays you 50 grand the first year, what is your sales force increasing that to year over year? So, so, so that's actually one of our best metrics. So if we um, if we sign a customer within the first 12 months, that customer grows on average with about 140%. Got it. So, the so they're the first year they're paying 50 grand. When they re-sign on the annual renewal, they're going to pay like closer to 75 or 80 grand. Uh, e e even a bit more. And Got I think it. like the, up the upsell like happens gradually. It's not that they do that upsell after the renewal, but like uh, three months in the contract, they will say like, it works great. We want to have another decision. How uh, do you manage that from a billing perspective? That seems like that would be a nightmare because you have different upgrades happening on different cohorts at different times. There's not yeah, one yeah. bill. Exactly. I mean, you have to be pretty organized when it comes to your uh, CRM and billing system. So we're pretty, I would say, uh, focused around automa automating that system. Like we work really well there with Salesforce, with NetSuite. We have a whole tech stack behind us that supports us in, uh, in maintaining that. Got it. That's that's interesting. Name some tools you yeah. use. Like, are you on Stripe? 
so we use Stripe for credit card payments, but like like, like very typically, uh, I mean, given the size of our deals, like it's just an invoice we send to the customer and then they pay either through check or wire transfer. Uh, but I would say our our, our stack is really uh, Salesforce. It's uh, it's NetSuite, uh, it's DocuSign, uh, HubSpot. So like these yep. are the main uh, tools we use. Obviously, Showpad is, is used a lot to uh, to find content and to sell. And where are you at today in terms of customers you're serving? So we have a thousand customers today. About, oh, one thousand! Uh, nice round number. One thousand. Yeah, it, it's it's like nine hundred and ninety-seven. Almost a thousand. When we say a thousand, of course. Yeah, and so I mean, if I take a thousand multiplied times fifty thousand dollar ACV, I mean, it, it can can is that math accurate for me to get like a general ARR number? No. So 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 so, so we are now uh, a bit over twenty million in ARR. Okay. Um, and, and that's because we have a pretty big group of of smaller SMB customers who pay as much less. But that, that's actually. A model we don't focus uh, that much on anymore, but historically, like we started out selling show pets uh, to a lot of smaller companies. So that's why there are a few hundred customers in there with very low deal sizes, two, three, four K uh, that are still in there. Got it. So if if you said twenty million AR, what's that like one point six million in monthly recurring revenue, something like that? Something like that, but, yeah. but, we, but we don't really think in a monthly recurring revenue because like we only sell yearly contracts. Like, yeah. We don't sell any monthly contracts. So for us, it's, it's always been about ARR. But, uh, what's, but, yeah, your goal, about, what's your goal to hit in terms of December 2017, your ARR run rate? You're at 20 million now. So we want to be somewhere between, let's say, like 25 and, and 28. And why, uh, why 25 and 28? How do you get that number? I mean, there's obviously a best case you have. It's um, you, you build a plan to reach 28, but then of course, if you if you think about your targets, about your goals, like there's a conservative scenario, like do all my salespeople ramp as I expect them to ramp? Do we meet our hiring targets? And if everything goes well, like you will get to the bigger number. Uh, but the reality is, in a business, that you need to have multiple scenarios. Yep. So What's then, your team size today? So the, te- the the total team size is 220. Okay. Um, we have a we have a sales team of about 30 sales reps. Wow. That's and what year did the company launch in? But uh, the the company was launched uh, five years and a half ago. Okay. So we'll call that what 2012, something like that. Exactly. And, and what is the? I mean, imagine because of your size. I mean, have you decided to bootstrap this or have you raised capital? So we've uh, we've bootstrapped the company into the first two years of the business. Um, Louie, come on! You were just teasing me. I was about to give you like congratulations for bootstrapping the whole way, and then you said for the first two years. <laughs> but that, that, that we did it without raising any money. About uh, uh, and, and of course, you always need to have a bootstrapping mentality. But uh, at a certain point in time, like a bootstrapping mentality doesn't get you to scale. Yeah, uh, because you need to start spending uh, money on sales and marketing and uh, on growing your. Uh, your footprint in the market. What did you spend last month just on paid stuff? I don't know that by heart. Uh, like a range. Probably, uh, like paid stuff, probably like 60, 70K, something Got like it. that. And do you know what that's typically across? Is it like Google AdWords and Facebook ads are doing anything creative? It's uh, a lot of Google AdWords. Uh, a lot of LinkedIn is in there. Like some Facebook. but, but it's You mean LinkedIn advertising? Yeah, LinkedIn advertising. Oh, fascinating. Um, Facebook, not that much. I mean, I know Facebook is coming up with some new tools and some more technologies to, to deliver more targeted messages, especially in B2B. But uh, yeah, I would say Google and LinkedIn, but the majority, obviously Google. And what if, uh, going back to the first question, so how much total have you raised now? Uh, 60, 61. 61 million. So do you ever, like, obviously, I imagine there's a liquidation preference on the last round, which, what, what was it, like, probably a Series B or something, Series C? That was a series C. Series C. Yeah. yeah. So wait, yeah. series seed, S-E-E-D, or series C, the letter? C. C, 
the letters. The letter, yeah. Do, do you? I imagine there was like a liquidation preference there and all that. I mean, it sounds like you and your two—you have two co-founders, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you, you three together, I imagine, still kind of have majority equity, and then you have investors. You know, a, a hundred million dollar exit would still probably be really nice for you guys, but because you've raised that much money, you can never sell for that price. How do you kind of balance? Like, does that mess with your brain at all? No, no. I mean, totally not. It's. Um... I would say like so, so far we've been very lucky with the investors, uh, the Series A investors, Series B and Series C. Uh, we always had very founder-friendly uh, terms, negotiated really well. And I mean like look, well, like indeed at a certain point in time, like your valuation will increase and you, for example, cannot sell anymore below a specific number. Yeah. Uh, but that, that that's fine. I mean like like we've started this company to build something really big, and and uh, we also would be disappointed if we had someday would have to. Yeah, have a lower valuation than we expect. Yeah. Have you, is this, um, have you had, like, I like to get into the mindset of entrepreneurs. Have you already had in your life kind of a major financial win, you know, above a couple million bucks where you sold a company or real estate or anything else? Or is this really, like, if this goes really well, this will be your first really big financial win? Yeah. I mean, if this goes really well, this will be yeah. our first huge yeah. financial win. I that's, mean, that's great. Yeah, exactly. And, so the and, first company, that mobile development company, you guys did that wasn't like a big cash thing. That was like an agency. Well, I mean, it's 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 an agency. It's a very profitable agency. Yeah. So it's definitely delivering uh, good results for us. But I mean, unlike a product business, like the devaluations, if you sell it, are, are less attractive. They're like you don't have one to one point five x EBITDA. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. <laughs> what what are you guys like, take, What are you guys taking to the bottom line in that business? Twenty percent? Thirty percent? Um, more around 30%. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good business. Yeah. What about some of the other stuff? You guys are in a rare position where you've raised enough capital where you've definitely done cohort analysis and you, you will look at things like payback period, churn, you know, LTV. I mean, yeah. what do you, what's churn look like in this business? Let's start with gross monthly churn. Cause we know your net negative churn is negative. Is, is yeah, negative. So, 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 yeah. So, so, so we don't look at it from a monthly perspective or annual. From a yearly perspective. Yeah. So, so we'd say, Gross churn um, last year was around uh, a bit over six six percent. That's really good. So you're retaining ninety four percent of your logos annually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then, of course, as you as you mature more, like that churn will go up. So this year it should be more around eight, for example, between six and eight, depending. Uh, Wait, on say the that again. Why? What was the reasoning for it going up? So I mean, as you I mean, as you mature as a platform, like you have a lot of customers who are a longer time on your on your platform, right? Like customers who are with you for four, five, six years. Yep. And as they as they stay longer on your platform, the risk of churn like increases. Like it, it, it's a given. Customers don't stay forever with the platform. Um, so it's something you calculate and you you take into your models. Um, but churn has been very healthy. Uh, I would say gross churn like last year six percent. Uh, net churn, I think, uh, negative churn of about like 30, 35%, which yep. is pretty good. And that's, uh, is that revenue or logo? That, that, that's revenue. That's yeah. revenue. If you, if you look at our logos, I would say, I mean, if you exclude um, the, the, the SMB customers where we don't put a strategic focus on anymore, like we rarely lose customers. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we've only lost like two or three customers that are more than 25,000 ARR. So yep. like on the bigger side, it's, it's really good. The SMB stuff is almost like lead gen for you. I mean... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, um, I mean, I mean, customers still come in. We still sell to some SMB customers, but in terms of like lifetime value, average deal sizes, the return on investment, like it's more interesting for us to sell to more mid-market companies, enterprise customers. Yep. What are you spending to acquire a customer? And let's talk about your key cohort, not the SMB people. 
um, it depends. Like it, it's very tough to to give you an exact cost cost per lead. Uh, but I would say like um, the golden rule in, in SaaS always should be is that for every uh, dollar you spend on, on on sales and marketing, you should get one dollar uh, in return uh, in revenue. How and, quickly uh, though? Within twelve months. Yeah, within twelve months. Okay. You're, so you're, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Do you have? Do you guys have less than a twelve month payback period currently? Yeah, yeah I think that, that's it, nice because you go ahead. It's been below eleven months, I think. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say because you guys, I mean, <clears throat> you get. Do they pay? You said your ACV is fifty grand. Do they pay that all up front? Yeah, so I mean, what you're spending, call it forty-two grand on on a fifty thousand dollar kind of annual contract. The, yeah, the, I mean, on average, yes. But I think like the, the the if you really look at the cost of acquiring a customer, like there's much more granularity and complexity around it because like for some customers you don't pay anything. Like yep. customers who get referred by another customer like are zero. But if you, for example, look at your the cost of customer acquisition through AdWords, then suddenly like your number will be much much higher. Yeah. Uh, so so we look at it from that perspective because it's really. A mixed story, but in the end, like the total number has to make sense, right? And then, what do you assume? I mean, you imagine you know a fifty thousand dollar contract is expanding to call it eighty thousand in year two. This is a tricky question because it can get dangerous, and we can go into la la land very quickly. But what do you assume the average number of years is the customer is going to stay with you? I would say currently that, that that's five years. Yeah. Okay. Five years. And 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 if you would like mathematically do the calculation, like it, it, it it's much higher because we have still less churn but i think like five years is a good uh, realistic number for us to yeah, talk about ltv over CAC and, and, and yeah so i mean if you and, and are you guys assume, i mean what do you assume the lifetime value is in dollars like a quarter of a million that would be 50 grand over six uh, five years yeah on, on average yeah definitely. something like that something yeah, like, yeah. Some, how do some, you something. how do you use those benchmarks right because you could argue with me well nathan they're actually worth a million because it's 50 grand the first year then we increase them i mean you could argue this seven thousand different ways so how do you use these metrics as guide points for you or do you not at all i mean those are we do those exercises we look at the data uh but like very important for us is that we um, always put ourselves pretty aggressive targets to see like how our average deal size is growing and how the churn is evolving. As so for example, like if we speak within within six months, like our average deal size has to has to go up. I mean, it has to be bigger. Uh, ultimately, an average deal size of Showbet should be around 100k yeah. if you're selling to enterprise. So, like that's something we're very focused on, uh, moving the needle on those on those things. Because like if you want to get to the next level, if you want to keep scaling, if you want to reach 100 million. In ARR, like your deal size is a hugely important factor of that. Yep. Um, what do you, you meant obviously the playbook for expansion revenue in most B2B SaaS businesses is number of seats, but some people have gotten very creative with other things. Do you guys have any creative things that your sales team is doing or that you've built into the product that's driving expansion revenue that is not number of seat related? I mean, so the um, few things we've done is, is I mean, adding, uh, new add-ons to the product. Uh, for example, when we delivered our Salesforce integration, that's an additional $10 user a month. Uh, we recently did an acquisition of a company uh, and we integrated their product and we introduced a new product line. Uh, it's like Adam? It's, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's that. Um, yeah. So, so, I mean, yeah. So guys, so just, just sorry, those of you listening that don't know what Adam is, it's like, you know, dynamic mind maps, right? Which they've put under the 45 per user per month, which is 10 bucks more than the 35. Exactly. Um, so, so like we're constantly looking for ways, and, and if you zoom in on 
uh, what we call experiences at the product we've released through the acquisition. And if you look at what we're replacing for customers, then you'll quickly figure out that lots of enterprise customers spend a lot of money with agencies to build like custom navigation presentations, like custom experiences that they develop. Uh, the pitch that we have at Shopa is that look like you shouldn't go to an agency to have those navigation experiences. Like it's part of our product. Like yep. we've set up a technology that allows you. So like there's a huge value proposition, and and doing that we increase the price of of Shopa. Louis, ignore conventional wisdom like AdWords and product marketing and all that. What has been the growth a growth tactic you've used that was just weird, shocking, surprising? <laughs> the more specific, the better. Yeah, um, I mean, the non-digital events are still by far the best uh, performing. You mean like uh, an so event sponsorship? No, no, no. So, so, so for example, one thing that we've started doing since a few years are uh, breakfast meetings, round tables, where we invite 10 of our biggest prospects uh, in the UK and London and put them around the table with myself, with PJ, with an analyst, with a sales guy, and like, just have interesting sessions. Um, we've recently have done uh, a tour in Europe where we've rented a party bus and uh, where we stickered that whole party bus with Shobat advertisement and then did a tour like to our customers in Europe and, and then gave presentations, invited prospects. So, <laughs> like, I mean, in, in the world of digital, like, you would be shocked how effective those offline events face-to-face -face in person are. And then, like, like, that's definitely one of the... And of course, it, this is more like bottom of funnel type of conversion. It's not double funnel, but um, hugely effective. I love that. The last few questions here. Uh, gross margin. What are you guys at? Um, 85, 86, okay. something like that. So pretty standard, right? Yeah, pretty standard. No yeah. weird cost structure for you there. And then uh, no. another question. When you guys are celebrating the new year at the end of the year this year in the, at the office party, what's the revenue number that if you guys hit, everyone is just celebrating, they're excited? Um, I, I would say like the, 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 the stretch target is 28, but uh, of course, like, like if we could get close to 30 by the end of the year, that would, that would make us ecstatic. Right? Like if we could see a three uh, in, in the first number of our revenue, that would be amazing. Yeah. So you're thinking in terms of kind of AR run rate being 30 yeah. million. Can you translate yeah. that goal though into like an, an actual like total revenue for the year? Oh, that depends. I mean, that will be, what is it? Like 22, something like that. Yeah. 23. And what because we'll a lot of... A lot of our business is closed in the end of the year. Like Q4 is a huge quarter for us. And uh, that's why like the revenue recognition part, like we're not able to recognize that much revenue uh, by the end of the year because we closed so much business in the last few months. So you yeah. can only take into account the remaining service days that you have uh, to that customer. So, um, so but it, 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 it never has been a real metric for us. Yeah. I mean, we, we focus on, on recurring revenue. You know, it makes good sense. And what would, just so we have a comparison, so in 2016, what was that number? Like 17, 18 million? Uh, 16. 16, got it. 16.5, so yeah. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year -year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data uh, metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing, though. This that database, I keep it to myself. It's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com.
Many of you know I am buying companies that I really, really like, and there's no quicker way for me to get to the bottom of what is happening on that website than using this tool called NathanLaka.com forward slash hot jar, H-O-T-J-A-R. It basically will give me a recording, okay? When anybody lands on the website, it'll give me a recording of where the viewer is scrolling and obviously does the basic stuff like heat maps too, but I learn so much about where the users are scrolling and clicking on my site using that tool. It helps me increase conversion rates, make more money, and grow those businesses faster. And we'll have to see what happens with those businesses, but I'm buying them. I'm buying them very quick, and I'm using NathanLaka.com forward slash Hotjar for all of my website analytics. You can too. I work with them. It's totally free. You can go to NathanLaka.com forward slash Hotjar. No credit card required. Again, use it as much as you want. NathanLaka.com forward slash Hotjar. I'll see you there. That's great. Good stuff. Hey, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, Louis, what's your favorite business book? Uh, my favorite business book is uh, The Hard Things About the Hard Things from Andreessen Harvitz. That's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, I would say the obvious, uh, Elon Musk. Uh, but I'm thinking if there's somebody else that I should mention. Um, no, let's say Elon Musk. Yeah, sure. good. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like Acuity Scheduling? Um, honestly, like I'm, I'm spending most of my time in the, in the G suite of Google, uh, Google drive, Google presentations, uh, like Google sheets. Like I spent, I do all my productivity stuff in there. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Um, five, six, but that's because I have a newborn of six months old. Oh, wow. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, you're married and one kid or do you have more? Two. I have two. two, two children. How old is the older one? Uh, two year and a month. Holy mackerel. How old are you, Louis? I'm uh, I'm 32. My gosh. Okay. So running, sitting on a rocket ship, two young exactly. kids getting five yeah, and a half yeah. hours of sleep, one newborn, yes. 32, yes. Mary, <laughs> take us back 12 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? That <laughs> um, I should start my first company even sooner. <laughs> there you guys have That's it. That's what I would tell myself. Yeah. There you have it from Louis. He's sitting on a rocket ship with two young ones. Uh, again, show uh, the company really show pad is, is the current focus spun out of kind of an agency idea earlier on, but focused on making it easier for marketing and sales teams to talk to each other. Uh, they're doing incredibly well. So launched back in 2012, their team is now 220 people. They've raised uh, $61 million, did about 16 million last year, aiming for 22 million this year total, but they're aiming for a run rate of maybe 28, 30 million by the end of the year. They're helping over a thousand enterprise customers. Again, and their marketing and sales teams talk to each other, uh, currently doing about 1.6 million in MR. Gross churn, 6%, but they are at net negative revenue churn, about negative 30%. Payback period is about 11 months. LTV in terms of dollars, somewhere around 250 grand. Again, really sitting on a rocket pier. Louis, thank you for taking us to the top. If you enjoyed Luis today, go back and listen to Shlomi yesterday. With his tool, mobile browsing on spotty Wi-Fi doesn't suck anymore. 